This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up, what's up? Real MVPs, Ricky Widmer here, along with the one, the only, Brandon Swanee Swanson. Hey, hey, hey. And I can't remember, last week was the week you were out on assignment, right? Correct. That was one, That's right, because we were then in studio on Tuesday, and that was when I was able to officially make that joke. But you're back here on the Primetime Podcast. How was your assignment, by the way? It was good. You guys gave me a good one. I, sh- I should know what the assignment is, because I technically would have given it to you if you really were out on assignment, but... <laughs> We're just going to say you're out on assignment, but we are in the studio today. Got some great topics for you, talking some college football like we always do. College football, college basketball. College basketball is going to be coming up, though, soon in a month, Brandon. Can you we'll believe have it? Midnight Madness and college basketball will officially be underway. But before we get into everything we're going to talk about today, a little bit of housekeeping. I'll get through it nice and quick. You want to make sure you help support us, check out patreon.com backslash Podcast. If you join us at the $10 tier, you can join a podcast each and every month you are at that tier. You can also go to our store in the description as well and donate for a call-in uh, as Brandon coughed into, he didn't cough into the mic. I wasn't looking at you. Um, you did you did the lean away, um, a little dab there from Brandon. But you can also, in our store, we've got the call-in option. We've also got the shirt that you can see Dave modeling off. You can also get that at mostvillepodcast.com that you can catch each and every day. And then last but not least, if you're on Apple Podcasts and if you're on iTunes, and Brandon, I am excited for this <laughs> oh. one because I looked last night. We got two new. We got two new ones. Good. And I'm going to read them here Good. on the podcast because I am excited for it because if you guys – have been checking us out. I have been on my high horse <laughs> that we are not a couple of good old boys. And we got some two new reviews. The first one coming from Diamond G- Diamond DG8 says in-depth review from Oh, I can't read the full title. But the actual he gave us a five-star rating, so thank you for that. They cover all news that pops up related to college sports, no matter what conference, and are a great different point of view rather than just listening to what the analysts have to say on a specific topic. And then we got Top Notch Pod, five-star rating from TMP98. Thank you for the rating. He said, great overall content, wide variety of college sports information with their true thoughts on the subject. So I am happy that we are not just, we're officially not a couple of good old boys. Like <laughs> Finally! We, we have made it, Brandon. We have officially made it. And are not a couple of good old boys. However, today we are talking about the SEC later in the podcast. If you guys could please, if you have iTunes, have Apple Podcasts, please give us a five-star rating. It'd really mean the world to us and let us know why you like listening to the podcast or why you don't like listening to the podcast. But I hope you like listening to the podcast each and every week. Brandon, today we're going to be looking at some three big topics before we make our picks in week seven. We're going to look at Notre Dame and their college football playoff chances. We're going to look at the Wisconsin-Michigan game and how that will affect the Big Ten title race. And then we're going to look at Georgia's upcoming schedule. They've got LSU, Florida, Kentucky, and Auburn on the docket. Will they be able to survive en route to another SEC title game and hopefully for the Bulldog fans a college football playoff appearance? But I want to start with Notre Dame. This is a team that over the weekend— This is probably going to be the last ranked opponent that they see on their schedule the rest of the year, if maybe not a Northwestern kind of cracks the top 25. But 
Notre Dame getting the 45 to 23 victory this weekend over the Virginia Tech Hokies in Blacksburg, Virginia. I'm just going to ask you plain and simple, will Notre Dame like after this win, what is your answer to will Notre Dame make the college football playoff? Well, Ricky, I think that with kind of what you said is the rest of their schedule, the rest of the way out, they already had their toughest opponents, mm-hmm. and those are in the rearview mirror, and they've ended up 6-0 and mm-hmm. to this point. So the, the rest of the way out, I, I don't see anyone that's really going to be a stumbling block in their way. So right now, I, I really think that the, the Fighting Irish, they control their own destiny if they went out. I really do believe that they will be a college football playoff team. And the reason why I believe that is right now, Georgia is one of those top four teams. I don't think Georgia is going to be there at the end. Mm-hmm. I think Alabama will. I think Ohio State will. I think there's a very good chance that Clemson will as well. And then I think Notre Dame could be. That that fourth team, that third, mm-hmm. but most likely fourth team that that comes in there, uh, where we sit at today, and the reason I think that is because if they go the rest of this way with already beating Michigan, that's still a ranked team, with beating Stanford, still a ranked team, not as high of a ranking as they were before, beating Virginia Tech when they were ranked, even though Virginia Tech hasn't been as great of a team as we saw last year, those are still three games that you've beaten ranked opponents, and then you blow out Wake Forest on the road. You beat Vanderbilt, a, a, a tough game mm-hmm. at, at home. You beat them 22-17 in a, a difficult matchup, I think, for, for the Fighting Irish. This has been a good team throughout the year. I think making the, the move to go to Ian Book as opposed to Brandon Wimbush was a really good move for the the Irish there. Brian Kelly has been smart this season. While in the last couple of years, I've given him flack for being a terrible decision making, uh, being a terrible decision maker, and actually lacking leadership. Mm-hmm. I think he's made some really good, positive decisions, and he's shown leadership this year. And that's why Notre Dame's in the spot that they're in. Mm-hmm. Now, I know I've all, always said about Brian Kelly, when the good's good, it's great. When the bad's bad, it's you don't want to be anywhere near him. But this has been a really good football team. And right now, like I said, I think they control their own destiny the rest of the way out. And you kind of just hit two of my points with Notre Dame. I want to go into a little bit of the other teams and what we have, but I'm going to push that to the side to make two, these two points. Number one, when it comes to Notre Dame, I feel like the rest of the way regular season, the only one that can get in Notre Dame's way is Notre Dame. And the reason why I say that is even look at this Virginia Tech game that you had this past weekend. If you if I showed you tape of the first half and said, all right, put your money on it, who wins this game, there might be some people that go, you know what, I'm going to ride with the Hokies in the second half. There might be other people that say, I'm going to ride with Notre Dame. If I showed you just tape of the second half and said, how do you think the first half went? Without showing you the score, I just showed you the play on the field. Most people would say, man, Notre Dame probably was clicking on all cylinders in the first half. This is going to be Notre Dame's problem if there is one. Are they going to get in their own way? Like there was a play this past weekend also where you had a targeting penalty 
with one of the Fighting Irish's key defensive guys. And it's like I'm sitting there watching that with Dave and Sean at the time while we're flipping in between the UFC fight and the Notre Dame-Virginia Tech game. And I'm sitting there going, you got to know better. Like, especially if you're one of the top guys on defense, you got to know better not to commit that penalty and basically get taken out of the rest of that game. The second point that that leads into, and I want to ask you is, because you're partly, you've got some uh, Irish shade in you um, with being a Notre Dame Fighting Irish fan. When I go to work, there are some other teachers along with me that work there that are Irish fans. And one of them is all year he's been saying, you know, this could be a year kind of like 2012 where we go undefeated, we're playing really well, and then it's like, oh, wait, the opponents that you really played were not really that well, and then you play in Alabama and just get spanked. And people could say Virginia Tech without their starting quarterback who's out with injury. They were dinged up. Stanford, not really the team that we thought they would be. I mean, they were seven at the time when they played um, Notre Dame, but this is a Stanford team that just lost to Utah in Stanford this past weekend. And let's let's do make sure that we give Mm -hmm. a little credit to Utah. That's a pretty good Utah team. And then Michigan, the good thing, though, for Notre Dame is that Michigan didn't look good that first game, but Michigan has been picking it up and kind of looks like a better team than that first week of the season. And then the rest of their opponents are, you're not, you're probably to me, the toughest games that I look at. Sean says he's nervous about that Syracuse game. I mean, Syracuse can be an opponent that can upset the Irish, but if you take care of business, kind of like what Clemson did, um, even though they had an injury to Trevor Lawrence, they won the game. And then Sean also told me, because he was an Irish fan, said, that Trojan game scares him nonetheless because anything can happen when Notre Dame and US, USC get to get together. I want to ask you, are you kind of in that mindset that this could be, yeah, we go undefeated this year, and then when you play in Alabama, when you play in Ohio State, that's maybe when Notre Dame could have a problem this year. Or do they not have a problem and hold up with the Ohio States, the Alabamas of the world? Well, I don't necessarily know about that because I, I think that we've we've also looked in 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 years past we've we've seen games that <coughs> excuse me that we thought we were going to get these just absolutely outstanding games mm-hmm. when we saw Oklahoma play in the the playoff not last year but a, but a couple of years back and they I think they played Clemson and we all saw oh this is going to be a really good game mm-hmm. Clemson comes out and just destroys them yeah. and everyone thought that they were on the same level or like yesterday's our last year's Alabama Clemson game or we or, thought that was going to be the three peat the epic three peat and then Alabama just whoop, or, or that one, or wasn't it when Clemson played Ohio State, mm-hmm. and that was a completely one-sided, lopsided yep. game? So even the teams that everyone's like, oh, they're they're on the same level, they're th- this is going to be a good game. They don't always happen to be like that. It's mm-hmm. all about game planning and adjustments at halftime and everything like that. That is that's the most important thing. And this past week for Notre Dame, they made great adjustments at halftime to come mm-hmm. out and really show that they were the better team in that game. Mm-hmm. But to get to the the kind of the second half here, while I think that Notre Dame can win the rest of their games, look at the Navy game. That has been Mm -hmm. a close game in years past between those two teams. This Northwestern team seems like a pretty determined team right now, and 
picking not, it up at the right time. They're not looking bad in the Big Ten. They mm-hmm. they just upset Michigan State at Michigan State. This is a Michigan State team that has been a huge disappointment the entire year, and they have no business being in the top 25, so they better not be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Florida State. This is a Florida State that is... Right now, I, I think so up and down. You're not even sure what's going on with mm-hmm. them. They, and, and unfortunately for them, they're so up and down within the same game. Mm-hmm. They they jump out to a huge 27-7 lead over Miami this past week to just see their hearts broken. 28-27 with Miami getting the win. Syracuse is an improved team. We've seen it this year, and we saw how they played against Clemson. And then, of course, USC certainly not being the USC team that uh, they've been in years past, but it being at the Coliseum mm-hmm. and uh, it being a chance for them to possibly play spoiler, that always gets teams up. So while I, I do think that the most difficult part for this Alabama, excuse, Alabama, for this Notre Dame Fighting Irish team is in the rearview mirror, they still have plenty of interesting games on the docket for the mm-hmm. rest of the way that could really affect things. So the pedal needs to continue to still be to the metal. And I I really think, Ricky, that if they were to get into the playoffs, it doesn't necessarily matter that, oh, well, Notre Dame, they're maybe not on the same level as Alabama. And everyone remembers what happened in Notre Dame, Alabama. These are different teams. Mm-hmm. These are different players. And I, I think that it there would be different outcomes. Not saying that Alabama would lose to Notre Dame if they if they met up, but mm-hmm. you, you you can't say well because history shows that this is how it happened. That's exactly how well, it's going to happen. And I'm not saying necessarily like when I've heard that it's not saying like oh we're taking it verbatim from history, but it's like oh I've seen this before kind of a thing with Alabama though. Like this year's Alabama. Yeah, they've looked like a juggernaut, but I know there's going to be people out there. We've had them in the comment section saying, well, who has Alabama played so far? What cupcake team have they played or, so far? Sure. I mean, sure. I think that – I mean, you can look at a, a number of mm-hmm. these of these different uh, power fives as, as people have tried to, to, to point out. Uh, to to you and I in our comments section, and I certainly understand it. I I I am not a proponent for Alabama playing the Citadel on their second to last game of the season. I I would be much more We're of a proponent for for Alabama and Clemson in Ohio. And Ohio State usually does a pretty good job of it. But seeing Alabama and Clemson play more difficult games throughout the season. So that people can say, well, you know, they yes, they have a very tough conference schedule, but they've really done a good job of playing tough opponents outside of the conference schedule. Mm-hmm. I would love to see an Alabama or a Clemson schedule a UCF. Mm-hmm. But we all know why they will not because of where UCF is right mm-hmm. now and the type of team that they are and they have come a long or, ways to be this good team that Scott Frost kind of mm-hmm. made them and the Alabama the Clemson doesn't necessarily want to play them because they don't want to lose potentially to it. So mm-hmm. I, I understand all of that but I also think that that Notre Dame, they've got a passing game. They've got a good quarterback. They've got a good running game. They've mm-hmm. got a good, solid defense. They could go up against any of those other three teams right now. I think that you could say could be your playoff teams. Mm-hmm. If it's going to be, let's say, Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, and Notre Dame, you want to throw Notre Dame in as the final four. Mm-hmm. I think that they could play a good game against any one of them. Would they beat all of them? I don't know. But I, I think that they would have a competitive game in every single one of them that you would put them in because they have defense, they have a, a good quarterback and book, they have a good running game, 
and they could they could hold up against you. They mm-hmm. definitely could. I, and I think definitely you, they could against a, a team like Clemson. I mean, cause, because you saw what Syracuse was able to do against Clemson. I think that Notre Dame could do those same types of things. Well, and I will say, for me, the turning point in the season for Notre Dame, although they, although they were 3-0 is when they started to play Ian Book. Like, the, the three games he's been in, 56, 38, 45 points compared to 24, 24, and 21. Last thing I kind of want to look at, this is what college football playoffs. So... The first rankings we will get for the college football playoff are going to be, I think it's October 30th, is our first official rankings. That's when we're going to have the first college football ranking show. That means we have three more weeks until that ranking. So what I'm going to do— Two. Two. Well, we have this weekend— and then, so we'll have games on the 13th, 20th, and 27th. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. That. I'm looking at Notre Dame's schedule right now, a and they have, they have, have a buy-in buy between a there. A yeah, lot of them have, have buys. That's my fault. And what I'm going to look at is I'm going to read off the five teams. So Notre Dame and then the top four. All of them are going to have two games, because much like Notre Dame, all of these teams have a buy within then. I want to, last thing, kind of discuss what's going to be that first top four. Because you look at Notre Dame, they've got Pitt and Navy. To me, although that Navy game has been close in the past, I think Notre Dame should be able to get it done. And before I go into this, I have to say, Notre Dame's answer is easy. Take care of business. Go undefeated. You should be a playoff team at the end of the year. You lose one of these games, then you're not going to get in because you don't have that conference championship game, that conference championship to lean on. So I think in the next two before the rankings, Notre Dame should be able to get it done. Then you have Alabama. They've got Missouri, and then they've got Tennessee. They should, Alabama, should be able to get those done in my mind and win those two and stay at number one. Clemson, I'm going to jump to them because they're a team. Actually, no, I'm going to jump to Ohio State, and there's a reason why. Ohio State, Minnesota, and Purdue. I'm going to say much like Alabama should be able to take care of business in both of those games and stay undefeated. The thing that is important for Notre Dame now are these next two. If Notre Dame takes care of business, wins the next two, I mean, Clemson's got NC State. Yeah, it's at home, but they got NC State and Florida State. Clemson, I'm going to put a question mark by that NC State game. Although I'll probably favor them in that game, that could be a game where they get upset, and then it makes it interesting and then Georgia, we're going to look at them more in depth later in the podcast. They go to LSU and then play Florida on a neutral site. They probably got the toughest next two, the toughest two to win to stay in the top four and keep Notre Dame at bay at number five. I, no, I think you're absolutely right. And I think it's really interesting, you know, when you do take a look at where the the rest of these you know, top teams are at. And for a lot of them, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be, can they take care of business the rest of the way out? And and I, I personally think that the, the, the most, the most difficult one for, for out of, out of all of these is, is what ultimately I'm trying to say. The most difficult schedule, it is Georgia. Georgia is really, mm-hmm. if Georgia can, if Georgia can take care of business, with all these teams they have coming up with LSU on the road at LSU, with Florida at home, on the road at Kentucky, home versus Auburn. We talked about this just last week. Mm-hmm. Then Georgia 
They should be a playoff team. They should maybe be the number one team in the playoff. Probably if, if, would if, be. If they, if they can do all of that. I don't think they will. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's going, in my mind, it's going to leave the door open for one more team. Who's that going to be? Is it going to be Notre Dame? Is the Big 12 going to get lucky? Are they going to get West Virginia in or a, t- or a team like that? Mm-hmm. Especially now with the with the one loss by Texas after their huge win in the Red River rivalry this past mm-hmm. weekend. And Oklahoma now with the one loss. If things work out for West Virginia, if Notre Dame loses, if Georgia's got a loss, the Big 12 maybe sneaks in. There's a... There's a number of different things that could happen here, but the diff- most difficult road it's going to be for the Georgia Bulldogs. For Alabama, I think that they've they've got uh, a road that isn't terribly terribly daunting uh, in my in my mind. With with Mizzou, they should beat them. Tennessee shouldn't be difficult. You've got LSU at LSU, and then Mississippi Mississippi State, and then Auburn to 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 end the year. But that's not. With what Auburn has done, Auburn has been showing, I think, kind of week after week that mm-hmm. they're they're not as good as what people thought. Not for this season, at, at least. And the team that I think is probably in the the best spot right now, I would say, is Ohio State. No, they are. I think they. I think almost hands down, Ohio State looks to be in the best spot out of any of those mm-hmm. top teams right now. No, I I agree because besides Michigan. I'm not scared of anybody on their remaining schedule. I know Maryland has been good, but I'm not scared of Maryland against Ohio State. The last thing to kind of wrap it up is, here's the last thing I'll say. One team I want to watch out for (coughs) by the time we get to those first rankings, that this could be a team that sneaks into the top five, maybe even the top four, kind of like Texas A&M. Remember Texas A&M last year? What? How are they at four? What's this this monstrosity? And then they didn't make the playoff. Remember that? Um, That team this year, Washington. And the reason why I say that, if Georgia loses one one or two of its next two, if Clemson loses to NC State, Washington has Oregon, who's ranked, Colorado, who's ranked, and then Cal, two of those being road games. If they win all three of those games before the rankings come out, Washington could be favored in the committee's eyes. And I wouldn't be surprised if Georgia losing and Clemson losing, if Washington kind of jumps up in there as a one-loss team to take everything. West Virginia, who you mentioned, they get Iowa State and Baylor before the rankings. So I don't know if they crack the top five. They might be put at seven where they're at right now, but this is where I want you guys to come in. Let us know what you guys think down below in the comment section. Notre Dame, what are your feelings about them? Will they make the playoff? Will they not make the playoff? What's your feeling with some of these top playoff teams as we get closer and closer to those first rankings on October 30th? Let us know what you think down below in the comment section. But, Brandon, let's move on into a topic that it this might affect the college football playoff, but really we're going to take it a level lower right before the college football playoff. There's a big matchup going on this weekend in the Big Ten. It is going to be between number 12, Michigan, and number 15, Wisconsin. Michigan sitting 5-1 and one overall. They're undefeated in the Big Ten. Wisconsin's 4-1 and one overall, undefeat, undefeated in the Big Ten. 
I want to ask you this, and I'm just going to be frank with it like I always am. Wisconsin-Michigan this weekend, how is this game going to affect, in your mind, the Big Ten title race? Well, I think that what it will do ultimately is it will keep Michigan in it. This is a this with is a, a win. with a win. This is a big game for the Michigan Wolverines. I think it's actually bigger for Michigan because they. <laughs> they I don't want to completely count out Wisconsin, but Michigan is still in it. Wisconsin with that loss to BYU that that couldn't have been more devastating. It couldn't have been. I mean, mm-hmm. not just because of the loss, but to who you lost to. You lost to an unranked BYU out of like nowhere. No one was expecting it. Type of type of thing. And while a Clemson might be able to rebound from a a loss against a Syracuse or a Pitt late in the season, a Wisconsin, a loss to a BYU team early on in the year, when you still have to play Michigan, you'll still have to play Penn State. That is devastating. It's really hard to take something like that. So the Michigan Wolverines, this is basically a a game for their lives. If they don't win it, they are done. Michigan already has a loss as well. With them being five and one, they've been playing some pretty good football. A bit of a scare on the road at Northwestern. Northwestern, they have been a sneaky football team, sneaky good, of course. But the Michigan Wolverines, they have got to come out. They have got to start fast. That is one problem with this that I have with this Michigan team. They have been starting slow. They've been very slow. They were slow in the Northwestern game. They were slow in the Maryland game. They have been slow to start things off offensively. That That is something that you don't want to have happen come this weekend. You want to be able to get off to a fast start. You want to have Shea Patterson be able to click on all cylinders from the word go, and you want to be able to get out to a quick lead on Wisconsin and then not look back. The thing I'm looking up, and it's basically the point that you made with the Wisconsin Badgers, because their loss to, when you look at it, their loss to BYU is not a good loss, I would say. Um, And the thing that you made me think of is, and I'll do it here live on the podcast, is has any team lost to someone like BYU and overcome that kind of a loss? Because, I mean... When you look at it, you had Oregon. I'm looking year by year. So the first year, 2014-2015, Oregon had a loss to um, Arizona, which some could say is kind of like BYU. I mean, Oregon was the number two team at that time. Arizona, I don't believe, was ranked. But they overcome a loss to Arizona October 2nd. Ohio State that year um, overcame... I think their loss was Virginia Tech that year. Yeah, Virginia Tech. That was the Broxton Miller game where he had the Madden spin. Um, you had Old Miss was your loss to Alabama, and then Florida State didn't have a single loss until Oregon. Well, Ricky, I can tell you two easy ones. Mm-hmm. 2016 Clemson against they lost to Pittsburgh 43-42. Yep. They you know, end up making the, 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 the playoff mm-hmm. that year. And then they actually end up winning the playoff that year, don't they? And then in 2017, mm-hmm. just last year, they yeah. lose 27-24 to Syracuse. Mm-hmm. They go back to the playoff. They lose to Alabama, mm-hmm. the 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 team that ended up going on and, and winning yeah. the, the championship uh, just a year ago. So th- it can be overcome, but a team can do it. But But the Wisconsin Badgers aren't the team that's going to be able to do that. That's mm-hmm. that's the whole problem. Well, a, a, a a Clemson Tiger team can do that, mm-hmm. but Wisconsin can't. I'm not gonna 
and I'm taking can and can't out of it. Of course, we're going to make our picks. I'm not. Later in the I'm podcast. Not. I'm looking at it this way, is when it comes to Wisconsin, I feel like Wisconsin needs it. Although for both teams, if Michigan loses, their hopes are done. Two-loss team ain't getting in. Um, Badgers, same thing. Two-loss team, you're not getting in. For the Badgers, though, I'm going to go on and say that I think it is more important for the Badgers than it is for Michigan to win the game. And the reason why I'm saying that is the, and you can debate this because there's so like other ways you can say that it's more important than Michigan because of all the struggles that Harbaugh has had this year and to kind of silence the doubters. But like I look at Wisconsin and I go, if Michigan loses this game, they're not going to get to the Big Ten title game, or they still might have a chance. They got, oh, they've got Ohio State at the end of the year. You win that one, you still stay tied with Ohio State. You get into the Big Ten title game. With Wisconsin, you lose this game, and then basically it's you're at Northwestern, you're at Penn State later on in the year, you're at Purdue. You basically have to win out mainly against Northwestern and Purdue to even try to win your side of the Big Ten, where both Purdue and Northwestern right now only have one loss. And I know there may be some people that are saying, hey, Ricky, even look at an Iowa, because if Iowa stays one loss, their only loss was to Wisconsin. If they only stay one loss the rest of the year, Wisconsin loses to Michigan, loses to a Penn State, loses to a Northwestern. Iowa could even be ranked higher or in the standings be higher than Wisconsin. So I feel like with Wisconsin, in order to even just get to the Big Ten title game, you got to win this game. If they don't win this game, it's not impossible for them to get to the Big Ten title game. But I would swing the percentages more in favor of a Northwestern who's playing a little bit um, on more hot, the hotter side of the football compared to like a Wisconsin who would have just lost to a very good Michigan team. Well, see here, Ricky, here's the thing, is that if Michigan loses, their chances of any playoff Mm -hmm. or Big Ten title game, it's out the window. They've lost uh, then two games overall, and they've lost a a game in the conference the college football playoff i'll say yes the big 10 title i'll say no because then they could still win out and make that make that title game no there's no chance they would win out then at that point because if you've got to play penn state which they do Mm -hmm. and then they've got to play ohio state they are not winning both of those games i can guarantee that check it right now they are not winning both of those games i'm not saying they would i'm just saying there's a chance Sure. I mean, so there's, a, there's a chance there's that you chance. and I could win the lottery of $470 yeah. million dollars tomorrow, but it, it's not going to happen. So that's, that's the same thing. It's like saying the Michigan Wolverines, mm-hmm. with complete confidence, will go on and they will beat Penn State at home and they will beat Ohio State on the road. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So it's it's bigger for Michigan because it keeps them in it. For Wisconsin, if, if they lose, they've still got a better chance than Michigan would of making the 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 Big Ten title game. Mm-hmm. They do. Michigan uh, Michigan does not. Michigan is really in a bad spot because Michigan would have to play Penn State and Ohio State, like I've already mentioned, whereas Wisconsin would only have to play a, a, a team like, like Penn State. Now, I know that you had mentioned 
you know, like the Iowas and stuff like that being able to possibly pop up. The Badgers don't have uh, anything else uh, against Iowa. Obviously, they already beat Iowa. So that that rolls well for Wisconsin. But what they do still have is they do still have a date on the road at Northwestern. Mm -hmm. That's going to be the biggest one outside of Penn State. But then you've got Purdue. They should take care of business against Purdue. Again, Purdue's on a winning streak. They should be better, uh, you would think, at the end of the season, maybe. Rutgers, I would believe they beat them. I would believe they beat Illinois and Minnesota. It's you look at that Northwestern game and then Penn State, but Wisconsin would still have a chance. So let's let's say that they would beat Northwestern. They lose to Penn State. Well, the loss to Penn State, you know, that's Penn State's on the other side. The Penn State's on the east. Wisconsin, you're still on the west. That's that's a you know another another loss for you. There's two losses. Let's say Iowa loses again. Northwestern loses again. But Wisconsin, you beat Northwestern. Let's say you do. You've already beat Iowa. You still would be at the top there mm-hmm. in the West. Ultimately, Wisconsin is would be in a better position than Michigan is. With a loss. Wisconsin is in a better mm-hmm. position than Michigan is with a loss come this weekend. Michigan, I'm, I'm telling you, Ricky, it is so hard for me to even imagine that Michigan, if they do anything from this, this game, that they would beat both Penn State and Ohio State, especially with the Ohio State game being on the road. It's... With what we've seen from the Ohio State Buckeyes this year, it's really hard to believe that Michigan could slow them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, 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 the Buckeyes, I'll say, they didn't. But Penn State had a very, very, very good chance of beating them. Mm-hmm. Right now, Penn State could be flopped with where Ohio State is right now. Yeah. V- very, very reasonable chance that if anyone who watched One, that game four, saw. Fourth and five, right? It was fourth and five. Well, it was fourth and five, but it was also that was uh, we talked about that. That's the microcosm of the game. Uh, yes, at the at the end of the game, you look at that and you go, really? It just is. A, mm-hmm. It's a topper for really what ended up being a poor game. It's what by everyone is going to focus on. Exactly, and mm-hmm. while they shouldn't, they will. For Penn State, what what needed to happen is they needed to put their foot on the throat mm-hmm. of Ohio State. And say, kind of like what we said before the game even happened. <laughs> kind of, kind of, but that's but that's what that's what Penn State needed to do. They they saw, they needed to take advantage of an Ohio State team mm-hmm. that came out slow in the first half, and they did. They came out slow in the first half, but Penn State could not capitalize on it. And what happened? Big Brother beat you again. So I I would I and, and, and I look at Penn State being a better team than Michigan. If Penn State wasn't able to do it, I don't see how Michigan would be able to do it. I understand the rivalry, Michigan and, and Ohio State, and, and what's happened there. But I mean, I think you could look just as much to the rivalry of Penn State and Ohio State. What's happened the last mm-hmm. couple of years? I just I don't think that Michigan is in a very good spot if they do not win this game this weekend. Wisconsin would certainly look better than Michigan would. Uh, neither one of these teams, I don't believe, is going to go to the playoff. But one of them has, while slim, hopes of possibly being able to mm-hmm. still win the the Big Ten title game. And another reason why I'm going to say, like, all right, so I'm going to use the same logic that you used for Michigan. Because I've been on 
I've been using the mindset of I'm looking at this one game. Like a loss in this game to Michigan doesn't mean they're automatically going to lose to Penn State and Ohio State because they still have to um, play those games. Same thing like Wisconsin with a Northwestern and a Purdue. I'm going to use your similar logic where you said Michigan loses this game. There's no way they're beating Penn State. There's no way they're beating Ohio State. I'm saying there's no way that they win both. Yeah. They could win one, but there's no way they win both. Let me flip this then and use that on the side of Wisconsin and why you could say that this is important, most important for Wisconsin, because I'm looking at individual schedules. I looked at Iowa's. I'm writing them off right away because they've already lost to Wisconsin. Even if Wisconsin lost here and either lost to a Purdue or a Northwestern, Iowa's got to play Penn State at Happy Valley. Valley, if it was in Iowa, maybe a different story because we know, ask Ohio State, how Iowa plays at home. With it being in Happy Valley, I think that Iowa will have more losses than Wisconsin. So I'm clicking that X button. Their tab is off my computer. Next is next is Purdue. They play Ohio State on the 20th. I just X that tab off my computer. I don't need to look at them anymore. <laughs> Northwestern is the key. And the reason why I say that is we have, we've talked to coaches in our college career. And at the college we went to, mainly the basketball coach, he was a guy, and correct me if I'm wrong, would always say didn't believe in momentum from game to game. What happened in one game doesn't mean you're going to win the next one or win the other one. However, I'm kind of one that looks at it and goes, yeah, but if you win that one, you're feeling good about yourselves heading into that next game. At least there's that. And the thing you can look at here, even if you believe in momentum or not, so let's say Wisconsin loses this weekend against Michigan. They would have lost in Ann Arbor, which, to be honest, they have not won in Ann Arbor since 2010. However, they've only played twice since 2010. Since 2016, it's been Michigan won in Ann Arbor. Last year, Wisconsin won in Madison. But usually, Michigan wins in Ann Arbor in this matchup. But let's say Wisconsin loses. Then they play an Illinois team in Madison, which they'll probably win that game before heading into Evanston, Illinois, to play Northwestern. Whereas Northwestern gets Nebraska, then they go to Rutgers before hosting Wisconsin. To me, I look at it and go, Wisconsin needs that just to feel good about themselves heading into that Northwestern game because Northwestern's a team right now I wasn't high on them last week. I mean, one in, they were 1-3, and, and I was like, whatever. They're not what we thought they were. They beat a struggling Michigan State team. This could be the part of the year where they turn their season around, and then let's say they win the next two. They're 3-3, three and three, use a big win against Wisconsin to catapult themselves into the top of the West to where, yeah, at the end of the day, you're sitting there going – but Ricky, it all depends on what you do in that Wisconsin Northwestern game. But then Northwestern, if they win that one and let's say lose to Iowa on the ninth, Wisconsin would still be out of the tiebreaker because of that loss to Michigan. Whereas if they didn't have that loss to Michigan, doesn't matter. We didn't lose to Northwestern. We still only have one loss. 
which was to Northwestern, Northwestern would have too. So, yes, there's situations where look, we're looking at would have, could have, what could happen, but we got to look at all these options when it comes to what this game could mean moving forward because if Wisconsin loses, could mean we don't get Ohio State versus Wisconsin. But if Michigan loses, it means that we might not get Michigan at all in the Big Ten title game because they're 3-0 and in the conference since losing to Notre Dame to start the year. Ricky, at the end of the day, this is an important game for both of these teams. Yeah. There's going there's going to be... We're splitting hedges here. We, yes, we, we definitely are, and that's our, that's our job to do it. But I, I think that when you look at this, the, the loser of this game, their route to make the Big Ten title game, certainly their route to the playoffs is done. Mm-hmm. But to make the Big Ten title game is going to be the loser. It's going to be diff. It will be difficult. Mm-hmm. I mean, it will be difficult even for Wisconsin. And I'm not saying that when I say that I think it would. It, Wisconsin is better suited to be able to do it. But I think they're better suited to be able to do it because they're on the other side. Mm-hmm. You know, if if, if Michigan, the West is weaker. Yes, and if if, if Michigan loses here, mm-hmm. they're gonna be they're gonna be in an incredibly difficult spot. Mm-hmm. They would be in an incredibly difficult spot because then they would have to go on be, certainly beat Penn State. And then have to beat Ohio State to be able to then have the tiebreaker there. Both them and Ohio State most likely, let's say, comes down to that very last game, have just one loss. Mm-hmm. But Michigan's Michigan would have beat Ohio State, so Michigan rises above them, gets the gets the win there, and they will be on the side from the east. A scenario like that, there's a lot that has to happen in this. But this Michigan team, what they would, ha- what this Michigan team has to do mm-hmm. is they have to rise up. They have to start, and I don't want to say start playing better, because I don't necessarily think that that's fair for a team that is five and one and ranked twelfth overall, and you've won their last five games. But now it's now it's time that you have to play. A ranked opponent. The last time they played a ranked opponent was on the road at Notre Dame. They lost 24-17 in game one. And people mm-hmm. will say, well, Brandon, that's game one. You can't necessarily judge them off of one game where they... now now we're into week seven. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 I believe that what Michigan needs to do is they need to come out, they need to have a very good defensive performance. They have to put on a Harbaugh-type performance that you would see from a Harbaugh defense. Mm-hmm. A hard nose, making big plays, getting <laughs> big sacks, you know, taking down the quarterback, rushing the quarterback, not allowing Hornibrook to be comfortable in the pocket. That's what this Michigan defense needs to be able to do. And then Shea Patterson, he needs to be able to do the things that... Michigan wanted him to come over for that's make the big plays, get some big throws, complete and convert on some big third or fourth downs and win them the ball game. And Michigan, if this is a true Michigan game, they win the game on defense. Mm -hmm. And that's what they could possibly do this weekend. But that defense needs to be able to come alive and do that. And the offense needs to wake up before halftime. If they do not, that allows this Wisconsin game, Wisconsin team, to be in the game, certainly for at least the whole first half. And who knows what they might be able to do, especially if the offense isn't awake. Is the defense awake? That's what needs to happen here. And that's kind of what I alluded to at the very start of this conversation, mm-hmm. is that Michigan started slow lately. They can't this weekend. 
Well, this is where I'm going to turn it on to you guys. Let us know what you guys think down below in the comment section. We're going to make our picks later in the podcast. If you're on YouTube, you can actually check out our picks video where we do have the Wisconsin-Michigan game in there. But let us know what you guys think about this game and what it's going to mean for the entire race for the Big Ten title and the Big Ten championship game down below in that comment section. And Brandon, let's move on. We are actually, I know at the beginning of the podcast, I said we got two great new reviews on iTunes and Apple Podcasts, which if you're listening on or you have it, please go ahead and give us a five-star review if you would be so kind. Um, But in this segment, we're going to be a couple of good old boys, Brandon. We're going to talk about the SEC, and we're going to be talking about one team in particular, and that is the Georgia Bulldogs. And the reason why we're talking about Georgia is last week we talked about LSU-Florida. Georgia's got a big matchup with LSU this weekend, and I'm like, I didn't want to do another LSU versus blank team um, because I feel like we've done that enough this year. But I looked at the schedule, and I'm like, you know what? Georgia has some tough teams coming up. They've got LSU. They've got Florida. Then they go to Kentucky. So they're at LSU, neutral site for Florida, at Kentucky, finally home against Auburn. And kind of to set this all up before I ask you the question, we're going to take a little history lesson because you know how people love history lessons and everything. If I look at, and I'm looking at winsipedia.com, which the great thing about this site, Brandon, I can put in any two teams and tell you they're head-to-head and who have won each game. And the thing I'm looking at most importantly is the head-to-head to these two teams. And when it comes to Georgia and LSU, Georgia is on the winning streak. They have the one-game win streak, but LSU leads it 16-13 and one. They have one tie. The last meeting was in 2013, so these teams have not met since Kirby Smart has been in Athens. The Florida game, Georgia has most of the wins at 50 compared to 43 for Florida. Under Kirby Smart, they are 1-1. One and one. They lost the first meeting in Jacksonville, Florida. They won the second meeting in Jacksonville, Florida last year. Kentucky, it's been a one-dog race here, literally one-dog race. The Bulldogs are 57-12-2 against the Kentucky Wildcats. They are 2-0 against Kentucky, one in Lexington, one in Athens since Kirby Smart has joined the Bulldogs. And then with Auburn, the Dogs lead 58 56 and 8. And since Kirby Smart has been with the Bulldogs, they won in Athens. They lost at Auburn, but then beat Auburn in the SEC title game. So he is 2 and 1 against Auburn with Kirby Smart as the head coach. With all this encompassing, with this season too, because with the Kentucky thing, the grain of salt I want to do is last year's and the year before. That's not this year's Kentucky team, although that 2016 season, Georgia only won 27 to 24. So Kentucky was in that game. What I want to ask you, Brandon, is look into your crystal ball. And after four weeks, three of which we will already have our first college football playoff rankings after the first two games of this. Actually, it's the next five weeks because they got a bye week in there. So after the next four games for Georgia— are they going to be able to survive this onslaught of LSU, Florida, Kentucky, and Auburn? 
there's there's going to be a loss in there. There's going to be a loss in Just there. Just one? In, 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 in my mind. I don't think there will be more than one. Okay. I don't think, but I do see one. I do. I do see. One. There's got to be one in there. Mm-hmm. There's there 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 has to be, and I'm not trying to say that I'll t- blindly. I'll tell you for sure, it's not LSU because Brandon. After last week, Joe Burrow is not the guy. He's not the guy. Doesn't have the later. That's all I could think of. Like after Florida went up by one, I'm like, unless Joe Burrow leads him to win this game, Brandon's going to think. Oh, I told you. I told you Joe Burrow doesn't have it in him to win a game late. So now That's I do. All I could think now of. to be completely fair to Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. His wide receivers didn't give him any help because yeah. they they dropped a number of passes, easy passes that these tall wide receivers should be catching that would have extended the plays, that would have extended drives, that would have gotten them Won down them the game. into possible field goal territory. So while Florida's defense, let's all be very clear, they're very good and they showed it. The LSU wide receivers sucked. Uh, they were very bad uh, when in in crunch time when Joe Burrow needed them, and that's you know that's that that was part of the the cause of it. So mm-hmm. while I I don't think that that Joe Burrow showed that he was was an elite college quarterback uh, over the weekend on Saturday, I, his wide receivers weren't there to help him, and and they're supposed to be. But this is this is going to be a good matchup, the game. At LSU, this Georgia Bulldog team, they're they're an interesting one because if you look at the last two weeks, they played Vandy, they won 41-13, blowout. The week before, they beat Tennessee, both of these games at home. They beat Tennessee 38-12, blowout. Mm -hmm. But if you look at it, they did not have fast starts. Jake Fromm, it's taken him some time to get going. To the point where people have said, well, is there going to be a guy to push Jake Fromm for that starting spot? Mm-hmm. It's not good. Uh, not that there's going to be someone that that, that does that. Not that it, it changes Kirby Smart's mind and he goes with a different quarterback. But when people are saying that about the number two team ranked right now, the Georgia Bulldogs, and you're six and zero, and you're kind of in the middle of your season. Alabama, yeah, that it happened at the over the off season. It happened in in camp. Well, is there going to be someone to to, to push Jalen Hurts? Yeah, it's Tua, and he pushed him, and he's there. Mm-hmm. But Georgia, if this is possibly in the middle of the season, in your toughest stretch, when someone's saying that, now am I maybe? Uh, having a bit of an overreaction and, and blowing it a little bit out of proportion, possibly. But I'm bringing up something that has been brought up mm-hmm. and something that Georgia has mentioned. But Jake Fromm, what he has to do is, and I know that people, especially on the side of Georgia, are going to say, you're nuts, but he's got to play better. I mean, and to say a guy needs to play better after a 276-yard, three-touchdown performance against Vanderbilt, yeah, they might think that I need to take some meds. <laughs> but, the you know, the game before that against Tennessee, you only have 185 passing yards. You know, it's you, you get 30, 38 points. But it, it, a lot of it came on the, on the ground game. That's, that's where it was. It was all based off running... On the ground, and I get that. That's fine. That's fine. There's a lot of games, and you can even look to the NFL where there's a lot of games where guys 
their quarterbacks don't have extremely great stats, but they have a great running day. The running back goes off, explodes. It's his day. You you keep it on the ground, and you do what works. And at the end of the day, all that matters is the win, and that is all that matters right here are the wins. They are 6-0. and Georgia is playing good. They have played well, but they have started slow. And that these are against lesser opponents. And, Ricky, this is where I kind of want to open mm-hmm. the floor to you after yep. I've gone on my long rant. Um, I would say it wasn't a rant. It was discussion. Here's your opening statement. My opening, my opening monologue. <laughs> I, I, what are they going to do against a team like an LSU who has a pretty good defense, a team like a Florida who has an outstanding defense? Mm-hmm. What are they going to do if they start slow there? How are they going to respond? Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm at right now with the Georgia Bulldogs, and that is why I don't think that they can come out of these next four games spotless. Well, for me, the game that I look at is I look at two of them, Florida and Kentucky. And the reason why is I look at LSU, that should be a good game, but I'll be completely honest, LSU, although I've, I rode them with Florida, I rode them against Old Miss, basically ever since they started to do good, I started to pick them. I rode them against Auburn. If we look at it, they lose to Florida. You mentioned why. They only win by one point to Auburn. They haven't looked exactly like they were in that first game against the Miami Hurricanes, which I look at it and go, I think Georgia gets it done. Spoiler. Gets it done against LSU. I also think Georgia will get it done against Auburn The last game of this stretch of four, the reason why I say that, LSU has already beaten Auburn. Auburn has already lost to Mississippi State. They did that this past week. And by this time, they could could virtually have a third conference (coughs) loss on the schedule because they play Texas A&M on November 2nd, the week before they would play Georgia. So Auburn could be looking at three SEC losses— which would virtually, if they're not already out of the race for the SEC West, which I'll be honest, they're out right now. They lost that this past weekend because there's no way Alabama is losing two games. So, bye bye Auburn, you're no longer in the race. Texas A&M could be at least playing for that race because right now they only have one conference loss. I look at Florida, I look at Kentucky. And mainly why I look at those, they are on the same side of the conference as Georgia. Both have one loss. Both with wins could then tie Georgia, could then get them into a SEC championship game. And if they win that game, could get them in a college football playoff discussion. The second thing I'm thinking about is... You want to know why there's a quarterback, a controversy in Georgia? Do you really want to know why there is one? Because last year's number one recruit decided, I'm going to go to Georgia. I even mentioned it to you on a podcast because the day he made Justin Fields, the day he announced where he was going to go, 
I was like, why would you do that? Jake Fromm is already there. You're a dual threat quarterback. Why not go to Louisville where they don't have a quarterback and you could be the guy? Why not go to Florida State where you could take over for DeAndre Francois? Because I wasn't too high on him coming into the beginning of the year. And you could be the guy. Hell, at the time, Joe Burrow wasn't even in LSU. LSU, I believe, was one of his choices. He could have went there and been the guy at LSU. No, he chose to stay home. I believe it's stay home. In Georgia, although they had Jake Fromm, and I'm reading an article here on um, 27sports.com where they said that just this past weekend on college game day, the game day guys had a heated debate about this where it says David Pollack on Saturday believes true freshman Justin Fields has earned snaps and will continue to see action behind Jake Fromm thanks to his proven success in the early goings, where Herb Street and Reese Davis were quick to back from. Um, Georgia's incumbent, who has been um, incredible since his first start at Notre Dame last fall, yada, yada, yada. It's a very Tua situation. It's a very Alabama, I almost said Auburn, Alabama situation for Georgia to be in. I would not be surprised If during any of these games, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not saying it should happen. I'm just saying I'm not going to be surprised if during any of these four games, if Jake Fromm starts to struggle, why not throw in a guy like Justin Fields, who, yes, he's a freshman, but why not throw in a guy who's number one recruit, dual threat quarterback, and against these defenses— What if you even use him? Hey, we're going to use him in this package. We're going to use him here to kind of get the defense shifting over. Use him on RPOs. Use him on the run to keep the defense second-guessing because that's a problem that maybe Florida and Kentucky, Georgia falls into. Drop back, and then it's just I'm going to pin my ears back as a defender and go after Jake Fromm and try to make his day hell or make his, yeah, make his day hell all game. Ricky, to now move into this matchup this weekend Mm -hmm. with Georgia on the road at LSU, what is it that you think LSU has to be able to do against Georgia to be able to get this win? Because for me personally, Georgia's giving up on average about 245 yards on the ground per game. They're only Mm -hmm. allowing about 13 points per game to opponents, which is great but allowing 245 yards of rushing on the ground. You talked, you said it last week for me this week, key in this game, it's going to be Nick Brosette mm-hmm. and uh, uh, who, who, who's, who's the other guy, Hilaire. Uh, I, I think that this is, this is going to be a really big game on the ground for LSU, or at least it could be. At least it could be because this is certainly – a team in Georgia, uh, Clyde Edwards, uh, Alaire. Uh, so that's sorry on, on my fault for not knowing that right off the top of my head. But I I think that this duo could do that this weekend against Georgia. I don't see another way that they might be able to get this win because Joe Burrow. I think they need to be able to really put the ball, um, keep the ball on the ground, not put the ball on the ground, not turn it over, but. Keep the ball on the ground with Brosette, with Edwards Hilaire, to ensure a possible victory. Mm-hmm. Burrow 
was able to make some plays. And he made some really good plays with his with his legs. He, he did a really good job of running for a couple of first downs, of, of realizing that there was no one open. He doesn't throw it away. He doesn't crumble under pressure. And he takes it and he runs for the first down. I think that that awareness, that shows a poised quarterback. He needs to be able to do those same types of things this weekend. He needs to be able to have the same type of decision-making this weekend. And honestly, his receivers, guys like Justin Jefferson, they let him down last week, Mm -hmm. to be quite frank about it, especially in the final moments. He needs to be able to rely on those guys, and they need to be able to come through for him in the clutch. I think it comes down to two things for LSU. Number one, Joe Burrow. And the reason why, like, me and you are flipped this week. Last week I said Nick Burrow sets the guy. This week I'm saying... It's Joe Burrow, and the reason why I say that is Nick Burrow set last week. Yay, only had 95 yards, but he had two touchdowns. He gave them 14 points on the ground. The big one, and I'm not saying that it's all Joe Burrow's fault, but when you look at the stats, you can't win if you have this. No touchdowns, two, two, two interceptions. You can't turn over the ball. On the other side, I'm looking at LSU's cornerbacks. I'm looking at that secondary. Are you... and you can put in the first and second level as well. This pressure could lead to this, but more important, the cornerbacks. And the thing that I look at is, are you going to cause Georgia to turn over the football? LSU right now ranks eighth. Well, not eighth. They have eighth. They rank 12th overall, tied for 12th in total interceptions this year. Jake Fromm, if you just look at his stats, He's only thrown two INTs this year, one against Missouri, one against South Carolina. This is a kid that does not turn over the football. Can you make it to where he turns over the football? Or even, and this isn't even like a win, I you know what? No, they have to turn over the football. I was going to say, or if they have it, we're like Tennessee, where he didn't have a touchdown, but he didn't have INTs. No. You have to force turnovers, at least two. I'll take one, but at least two for LSU to feel good about this game. Otherwise, how I see it, Georgia's going to win this week. They'll have two challenging games against Florida and Kentucky, could possibly lose one of those, and then win against Auburn. And that's what we could be looking at, either a 3-1 and one or 2-2 two and two team in this four-game stretch at the end of it with the losses coming to either Florida, either the Kentucky, or to both. At the end, I think this is a big game for both teams. Mm -hmm. The outcome certainly is going to have an impact both ways because if, if you look at it and for the Georgia Bulldogs, if it's a win on their side, they continue to keep their pace in the in the conference on the side on the east side if LSU gets a win that's huge for them because they'd be 3 and 1 in the conference mm-hmm. kind of maintaining their pace right behind Alabama with Texas A&M behind them but not real close but if Georgia loses here the door is open for Kentucky the door is open for Florida Kentucky's next two games i believe it is Vandy and Missouri two mm-hmm. teams that i think Kentucky should win i think they should have won this past weekend they didn't they played a good game but they mm-hmm. did not do it and then Florida their next two games are Vandy and Georgia so things get very very interesting here if the Georgia Bulldogs lose this weekend well let's be completely honest the Florida Kentucky This game, whatever happens in Georgia-LSU, will not affect that. These two teams will get their shot at Georgia. Florida will get the first shot. Kentucky will get the next shot. 
and I believe Florida and Kentucky even play later in the year. I'm going to double check on Kentucky's. Yeah, both of them. No, they already played. Kentucky got that win. So Mm -hmm. Kentucky is sitting in the driver's seat when it comes to those two teams. The last thing I will say before we go on into our picks is I could see this year's Georgia team being much like last year's Alabama team. Alabama lost to the sixth-ranked Auburn Tigers, whereas, think about it after this one. Let's say Georgia wins, Florida wins, Florida moves up. Florida could be a top-10 team in the AP rankings. Um, They would have to only move up four spots. We'll see how it shakes up after this week. But they could be a similar team, lose to a top-10 SEC team, not make the conference championship. If they win out and only have one loss, this Georgia team could be much like Alabama last year, where it's like, hey, we lost one team, one game, but it was against the team that went to the SEC championship game and then got steamrolled by Alabama because I do think that Kentucky, I'm sorry, Kentucky and Florida would lose. I shouldn't have said steamrolled, but they'll lose to Alabama in an SEC title game. Before we move on, any quick thought to that, any reaction to that? Excited to watch it this weekend. Well, this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you guys think down below in the comment section. Will Georgia survive the next four games? They've got LSU, Florida, Kentucky, and then Auburn. Let us know what you guys think down below in that comment section. And Brandon, let's close the podcast like we always do. It's weird because if you're on YouTube, this is the first thing you're seeing. So you're like, guys, close the podcast. What are you doing? This is the first thing. But if you're listening on audio services, podcast services around the world, this is the end of the podcast. What we do is we always make our picks. How we do it is we do it straight pick them. We don't do it against the spread. If you guys want (coughs) us to do against the spread, let us know for next year, and then we may do that if you guys want. But picking all the top 25 games, then given our non-top 25 game, one for Brandon, one for myself, that we will pick. Before we get into everything, um, Brandon, I had a really bad week this week. You I did, did not have a good week. You did. Um, where I went 11-10. and 10. Thank you, FAU, for not losing to Old Dominion and keeping me with a positive record. However, you went 16-5, and five. Um, so that means I was two games ahead of you. I am now three games behind you. I am 101-28, and 28, respectable pick'em record. You are now 104-25. and 25. We'll Yeah! See. We'll see if I get any chances to... Uh, yeah. The one thing I have learned, though, if you pick Oklahoma State, I'm just going <laughs> to pick the opposite. I don't want to pick any more of their games. I mean, every time you pick them, they lose, and every time you don't pick them, they win. <laughs> so I'm just going to go opposite of that one for you the rest of the time. But let's get into it. The first one is actually a Friday action, some Friday action in the American. We've got number 23, Southern Florida, 5-0 and on the year with Blake Barnett as their quarterback, taking on 1-4 Tulsa. You going with the Bulls in this one? Are we both going with the Bulls in this one? Going with South Florida. <laughs> going with South Florida to win on the road. Brandon's like, I am not picking Tulsa, not going with Tulsa, going to go with the Bulls to get the win on the road. Then we've got our Saturday games. The first one, a Big Ten matchup. Ohio State in Columbus playing host to the Golden Gophers. 
The Buckeyes are almost a 30-point favorite, but can the Gophers uh, row a boat in this one, or are they just going to be stalled with one paddle and going in a circle? Well, Indiana did exactly what I thought that they would do last week. They would come up, they would they would show a little bit of poise and, and give them a little <laughs> bit of a scare in the first quarter, second quarter, and then drift away. So I'm going to go with Ohio State in this one. I don't think Minnesota is going to be able to do that. I, I think Ohio State should roll at home. Yeah, I'm going to go with the same thing. Got to go with... OSU in this one. Minnesota, I think, does not have the firepower, does not have the same type of team to keep up with in Ohio State. The next one, actually the next two, we've got SEC action. First one, Florida 5-1 and one, coming off a big win. They will go into Nashville, Tennessee to play the Vanderbilt Commodores. I'm personally going to uh, gonna, gonna roll with the Gators to uh, chomp up and get them a easy meal against the Commodore. Florida's offense didn't look good last week, but it didn't need to. The defense looked phenomenal with a big interception to kind of close out the the game, big two interceptions to close out the game. One that was returned for a touchdown, another one that sealed it. I think Florida does the same thing this week on the road at Vandy. The offense, it's going to be the the Achilles heel for Florida, but the defense is certainly going to keep them alive throughout this year. Florida wins at Vandy. Then the next one, SEC action, Tennessee going into Auburn. Does Auburn bounce back after a tough loss against the Bulldogs from Mississippi State? What a disappointment that was last last week. I mean, a great job by Mississippi State, but but Auburn was never in that game. They never, You just never felt like Auburn was going to win. You never felt like they mm-hmm. were going to get the comeback going or anything like that because when they scored a couple of points, Mississippi State scored more points. This is against a really poor Tennessee team this year. The game's at Jordan-Hare. I'm going to go with Auburn. I know that's probably the safe pick, but I think Auburn does bounce back this week. Well, and one question, because I'm filling out the spreadsheet as we did it. Did you pick Florida against Vanderbilt? Yes. Okay. I just had to double check. Next one, we do have your team, one of your team, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, playing host to the Pitt Panthers, do the Fighting Irish go 7-0? I think Notre Dame should. They think they should take care of business. They're at home. Pittsburgh Pittsburgh is not the not the team that you certainly want to be losing to. They have three losses on the year. They're 3-3. Three and three. They They've ju- been they, known to upset around this time. They, they, just, they just beat Syracuse, but uh, losses before that to UCF, and they lost to North Carolina. Mm-hmm. I, I think if Notre Dame does not win this one, you can take that first segment that we did and throw <laughs> it out the window and never never allow anyone to look at it ever again. And I forgot. I don't think I picked a winner with the last one. I am going with Auburn for Tennessee-Auburn, and I'm going with Notre Dame for this one. So, so far, you and I have had no differences throughout, and I don't think we'll have a difference on this one, but who will see? Georgia-LSU, we just talked about it in the third segment. Georgia only a touchdown favorite. I am actually going to go with the Bulldogs to win in Baton Rouge. Georgia will get the win, stay as the number two team. Game's at Tiger Stadium. LSU's at home. They return home after a tough loss last week, 27-19 to Florida. This Georgia team, they're good. They give up a lot of yards. They don't give up a lot of points. I think LSU is going to find it to be difficult to score points this week against Georgia. It's going to be hard to slow them down. I'm going to go with the Bulldogs as well. I I had a feel. I was like, all right, this is the one, the first one where I'm like, is Brandon going to pick against me? Because 
I had a feeling in that third segment that you were kind of leaning towards the the purple and gold and not the red and black of Georgia. So, so far, we are clean through. Talk to me next week. This one might be one where we do differ. Who are you going with in a Pac-12 matchup? The conference that Brandon in the first segment said, doesn't matter, they're done, not going to make the playoffs. Washington at Oregon. Washington is only a three-point favorite in Eugene. So here's what I'll tell you is that Washington really was – it was a disappointing win, I think you could say the least, and and what they did this past weekend against UCLA, just a bumbling UCLA team, mm-hmm. thirty-one to twenty-four, the final score there. They go on the road, like you said, Ricky, to play Oregon this this week. Oregon is a team that they've been good, they've played well. I look back to that Stanford game, and I think, oh my gosh, what was wrong with you guys? I think Washington brings it this week on the road. I'm going to go with the Huskies. I am going to be on the other side. I am hitting the upset special button in this one. Eugene, Oregon will be the site for the Ducks to get the win. This was a Washington team. Does does not look like the Washington team we know in the past. Jake Browning does not look like the Jake, same Jake Browning that we've seen in the past. It is in Eugene. The Ducks came out on fire against the Stanford Cardinal in Eugene. Should have won that game, but they choked it away um, in, I don't even want to say typical fashion because they're usually not chokers. They just kind of choked it away. I'm going with the Ducks to get the win at home against the Huskies. I'd like you to not do that anymore. What, the the choking sound? Well, hey, don't choke, and then I won't do the choking sound. How about the next one? Penn State in Happy Valley to take on Michigan State. Um, You going to take the the risky bet and go with the uh, Spartan? No, not at all. (laughs) Not at all. There's no chance Michigan State wins this game. After last week. Now, hopefully they don't, because if they do, it'll just be rerun. Mm -hmm. There's no chance. Michigan State winning not this a game, chance, but a no Penn, Penn Penn State. They're at home. Uh, you know this is this is where they like to play. Mm-hmm. This is where they like to play. I think that this is um, this is a game that if Penn State loses, it's very embarrassing. Well, I am going to go with Penn State as well because uh, after last week, Michigan State. I picked you to beat Northwestern. I thought, oh, you're at home. Northwestern hasn't looked that good. Should be a good way for me to gain a game or keep a game <laughs> on Brandon. I might never pick the Sparty again this year, but I'll probably pick them again. Um, we don't know. The only reason they're back in the pick is because Penn State kept them in the pick because Michigan State ain't ranked. How about a team that many are saying are back on the map? Texas getting a big, 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 big win this past week against Oklahoma. They now come back home to Austin and will play host to the Baylor Bears. I'm going to go with Texas here, but Texas but Texas could have some big, 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 big problems if they don't figure out some things on defense mm-hmm. because it wasn't good. It, it, it let, Yes, they got the win 48-45, but they were up 21 points, and it got back to the point where, where they were tied 45-45. This was late. So if Texas... And I'm not just talking for this Baylor game, but I'm talking about them going forward. They're not going to be back if they don't figure some things out there. But this week, they're playing Baylor. They're at home. I think everything's kind of in their favor to get the win. Yeah, I am going to go with Texas as well. This is a team, although I do not think they'll be college football playoff bound, it was nice for them to get the win. And I should have believed in them more and picked them to beat the 
Sooners like I should have and wanted to, but I chickened out like the little chicken I am. Maybe why it made me so nervous. Maybe I shouldn't have eaten chicken before the podcast last week. What about the next one? UCF top 10 team in the country going into Memphis, Tennessee to play the Tigers. Got to go with UCF last year, a year ago. This would have been a, a game that I think people looked at and went, this could be an interesting game. Mm-hmm. Memphis is not the same team they were last year. Got to go with the Knights. God, I, I want UCF to keep winning because I want the discussion of them in the playoff. Just the discussion of them in the playoff. I love the argument. I love the discussion. I don't know if I would want them in a playoff, though, although it would be cool to see. I am going to go and pick them, though, against Memphis, Tennessee, in order to kind of keep them going. I don't know why I said against Memphis, Tennessee, against the Memphis Tigers in the this Memphis, one. Memphis, Tennessee on the road. Tigers. And then we go back to the SEC for the next two. We've got Texas A&M playing South Carolina. Texas A&M, they're only a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I am going to ride with the Aggies, though, and Jimbo Fisher to get the win over, uh, I almost said Dabo, against, uh, oh, why am I blanking on his name? Um, He used to be head coach of Florida, Musgrave, and the South Carolina Gamecocks. So South Carolina was supposed to be this team that was going to surprise everyone Mm -hmm. in the SEC this year, and they were going to look really good and and everything like that, and it's been everything but that. They Mm got to win this past week against Mizzou, last second win. A win is a win is a win. They didn't look good the week before. They barely looked good last week. Texas A&M with a big win at home last week against Kentucky. I got to go with the Aggies. And then speaking of Mizzou, they will be in Tuscaloosa to play the juggernaut, the Alabama Crimson Tide. Brandon, not only what you think about this game, what do you think about Nick Saban's comments uh, kind of ripping the student section for not showing up to uh, home games? Because if you were in Alabama, would you go to Alabama-Mizzou? Every single one. Okay. Every single one, baby. It's SEC football. How would you not? I don't know. You have something better to do? That's what he was Everyone cancels out their Saturday plans (laughs) for this. For this every day. Every every Saturday. This is not just Alabama. SEC football. This is what you do. Then you go to church. Uh, Alabama. All all day, Alabama. I'm going to go with Bama also. You took Texas A&M, right? I did. Okay. How about the next one? I am still not sure who I am going to take for this one. You got West Virginia and then the dreaded team that usually likes to spoil your Big 12 picks, the Iowa State Cyclones. So last week, West Virginia playing a Kansas Jayhawk team, and it's, you know, Kansas. Will Greer didn't look great. Three turnovers. Not good. Mm-hmm. But this is still a good West Virginia team. There's still a lot of firepower in that offense. I don't I I I have seen Iowa State this year be able to keep up in these games. They were able to keep up with certainly Oklahoma State and they won. They were able to keep up with Oklahoma. It made it close, lost by ten. Iowa State is at home this week. But West Virginia still gets the win. Yeah, you know, for me, this is one where I am making this pick based off of our records, and that is solely what it is. Um, I am now three games behind you, and I need to catch up some ground so I cannot bear to lose any. So this is one, although I could see Iowa State getting the win in this one, 
I need to play smart from here on out, and I can't lose one. So because of the record, I'm going to pick West Virginia. So if we lose, we both lose. But I could see the Cyclones getting the upset in this one you're, over the you're like a You're like a politician. You're being like a politician. I am. You're and being like a politician. You're now, playing a dirty game. Now that playing I, a dirty game. Now that I'm behind. Notice how when I was up, all willy-nilly throwing these ones out there. Yeah. Now that I'm a little bit down, i got to play it a little bit more strategically. We're playing a little game of strategy. A little strategery. Here. A little strategery as we're going into the next one. <laughs> the, that was actually a really good uh, George W. Bush. How about Miami, Virginia? Who gets the win in this one? Hurricanes or the Cavs? Got to go with Miami. They won by just one point, but you're playing Virginia. <laughs> yeah, they're only a six-point favorite, but I got to go with the Miami, the U, the turnover chain to get the win. Then a game we talked about earlier on the podcast. This will be the ABC primetime game of the week. 15 Wisconsin, 12 Michigan. I am going to go with the home team. Like I mentioned in that segment, Wisconsin barely wins in Ann Arbor. This one is in Ann Arbor. Wolverines over the Badgers. I'm going with Michigan. I think that that Wolverine defense, I, I don't know if... I don't know if Wisconsin's going to be able to do enough against this Michigan team that's been on a roll, that's been playing well, that has a lot of confidence, and being at home. And especially if Shea Patterson's able to get some things going, Michigan gets the win in, 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 in this one, but it, it, it could very well be a close game. And then there was <coughs> one more ranked one. There was, we've got USC playing host to Colorado, who he got. I'm going to have to go with Colorado in this one. USC, they are at home. They haven't looked that great this season. I think that a lot of people could say they've been a disappointment. They just beat Arizona on the road 24-20. It was a close game. The week before that, it was a close game at home to Washington State. Colorado's been playing some pretty good football, and I see no reason why the Buffaloes can go and get the win. Yeah, I'm going to be different on you than this one. I'm going to go with USC. They are at home. They have looked better than they did earlier in the year. This is a prime game for them to take one, and this would now mean after these. I'll actually wait till the last one to say what I was going to say. How about your non-top 25 game of the week? Who you got? Non-top 25 game of the week. Didn't pick them last week. I will this week. Virginia Tech over North Carolina. I thought about that one, but I didn't because I'm going to make one of our fellow or one of our loyal patrons, Matt, quite upset with this one. Do you know what I'm going to go with, Brandon? You're going to go with Illinois over Purdue. I'm going to go with Illinois over Purdue. Illinois is a team that has looked... Although we lost big to Penn State, we looked really good in that first half. We looked good this week. Ricky Smalling, I believe, with another touchdown. Um, Maybe might have had two, I believe, um, against Rutgers. We probably should have won. Actually, I know we should have won that South Florida game. This should be a team that is 4-1 on the year, not just 3-2. We are going to shock the world and get the win over Purdue. Purdue's a team, yeah, they're on a two-game win streak. Yeah, they beat Boston College. Yeah, they beat Nebraska. But this is a team that is susceptible to the upset, and I'm going to go with Illinois. Watch. Now that I did that, Virginia Tech is going to win. Illinois is going to lose. And then I will lose a game on you in the end. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you think about anything we talked about on the podcast. And if you're on YouTube, let us know what your picks are. 
for the week and what games you are looking forward to this weekend. Well, thank you guys for checking out the podcast. A little bit of housekeeping here at the end. Make sure to support us on Patreon. That is patreon.com backslash most valid podcast. You can also support us by getting an MVP t-shirt that is down below in the store link. You can also get it at most valuable, most valuable podcast.com where you can catch MVP each and every day. And then last but not least, want to thank the two new reviews that we got. I forgot your names, but I read them off at the beginning <coughs> of the show. So you can go back to check that out. But thank you guys for the new reviews. If you guys could please go to iTunes, give the Primetime Podcast a five-star rating, if you please, and then let us know why you like listening to the podcast each and every week. want to thank you guys for watching on YouTube. want to thank you guys for checking us out on podcast services around the world. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.